imagine a small black carnivore, the size of a small dog, that looks something like a mix between a rat and a bear, that is way cuter than it has any right to be. This cute little fuzzball, however, also has the highest bite force to body mass ratio of any species on earth and makes sounds so incredibly blood curdling that westerners could only describe them as coming from the devil himself. This is the Tasmanian devil, the largest living carnivorous marsupial on earth. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Secrets of the Animal Kingdom Unearthed. Today, we will be looking at Sarcophilius herisi, commonly known as the Tasmanian Devil. It is a carnivorous marsupial that is around 6 to 8 kilograms in weight and around 20 to 25 inches in length, making it the largest carnivorous marsupial on Earth since we have eradicated all the bigger ones. They are short and stocky and have a long tail, about 12 inches long, in which they store fat. They have a dark black coat with most devils having white markings on the chest and back. They used to be present across all of mainland Australia, but it went extinct everywhere but in Tasmania around 1200 BC. For comparison, the Great Pyramids of Egypt were built at around 2000 to 2500 BC. The causes for this extinction could include the introduction of the dingo, which competed with the devil for food, and the native peoples of Australia increasing in population and using more sophisticated hunting techniques. In Tasmania, they are found in every natural terrestrial habitat and in man-made plantations, with higher population densities in open forests and woodlands. Tasmanian devils have rather low genetic diversity across their range due to a combination of the founder effect, island effect, and periods in which their population was low. Tasmanian devils do not form defined packs or other social groups, but they are not entirely solitary. One study used proximity-sensing radio collars, which are radio collars that can sense when they are close to another radio collar, that all the devils they studied were part of one giant social network and that they are all connected via social interactions, either directly or through an intermediate devil. In the mating season, male-female interactions are more common because the males guard the females from other potential mates. At other times of the year, female-female interactions are more common, with male-male interactions being low at all times of the year. All this is important because as we will get to later, disease is the number one threat to the Tasmanian devil, and disease can spread much more rapidly in this kind of social network as all the animals are interacting with each other. Tasmanian devils do not have defined territories and are generally non-territorial, instead having a home range that they do not necessarily defend from other devils. Adults use three to four dens, which can range from caves to burrows to thick vegetation, and move between them once every few days. However, mothers with babies tend to stay in one single den. Speaking of babies, devil babies, the spawn of Satan, if you will, are extremely tiny, at around a fifth of a gram, just like other marsupials. The babies are poorly developed when they are born and enter into the mother's pouch, where they stay for about 15 weeks. After that, they leave the pouch but remain reliant 
on their mother's milk for five months. Before I get into conservation and threats, I want to briefly talk about the public perception surrounding the Tasmanian Devil. Its various names are a testament to the almost comically negative feelings early Europeans and later Australians had about the animal. Aside from its common name, two of the scientific names it was once known by are Sarcophilius Titanicus, which means Satanic Flesh Lover, and Diabolus Ursinus, Diabolical Bear. It has also been known as Beelzebub's Pup, with Beelzebub being Satan's first lieutenant, Prince of the Devils and Lord of the Flies. It was described as a savage destroyer of livestock and anything else they can get their mouths on, with the bite strong enough that ordinary dogs stood no chance. However, in reality, the species as a whole is rather timid and not very dangerous to humans, although some individuals are more feisty than others. While it was blamed for livestock collapse in the 1800s, which led to a concerted effort to reduce devil populations, it was in reality poor management in large packs of feral dogs that were to blame for this. Therefore, the culling of devils did not significantly impact livestock stocks. Tasmanian devils are threatened by roadkills, dog attacks, and a contagious cancer called Devil Facial Tumor Disease. Poorly controlled dogs probably kill up to hundreds of devils each year, although no concrete numbers are available. They are especially vulnerable to being killed on a road as they are very hard for drivers to spot and often go onto the road to eat the carcasses of other animals that have become roadkill themselves. Indeed, it has been estimated that up to 3% of the entire devil population is killed each year on the road. However, the number one cause of the decline in Tasmanian devil populations is the Devil Facial Tumor Disease, or DFTD for short. This is a transmissible cancer, that is, a cancer that can spread from one animal to another, that is characterized by the forming of tumors on the face and the mouth, which leads to difficulty in feeding and eventually starvation. This cancer is almost always fatal and probably spreads from devil to devil by biting. Now you might be thinking about how a cancer can spread from one animal to another, as cancer is usually a classic example of a non-communicable disease. However, because of the Tasmanian devil's low genetic diversity, cancer cells from one devil can spread to and take root in another devil. DFTD has been catastrophic for devil populations, causing local declines as high as 90% and an overall species decline of possibly over 80% since 1996, when it was first discovered. Because DFTD spreads by biting, which is more often done by adults, DFTD first targets and kills the adults and then younger adults, which leads to a population being mostly composed of young individuals many of whom cannot survive without the help of an adult. This all means that the Tasmanian Devil has been classified as endangered by the IUCN. If the epidemic of DFTD continues at its current rate, the Tasmanian Devil population is almost certain to go extinct. Three potential future scenarios could occur 
to maintain the Tasmanian devil as an ecologically functional species in the wild, which is the mission statement of the Save the Tasmanian Devil program set up by the Tasmanian government. These are extinction in the wild and reintroduction, the evolution of resistance to the disease, and the broad-scale application of a vaccine. There are thus three possible management options that can potentially be employed, establishing insurance populations, searching for and selecting individuals resistant to the disease, and developing a vaccine. Let's start with the first option. By establishing insurance populations, we can both avoid total extinction and have the option of reintroduction into the wild if the wild population were to go extinct. This latter option works because the disease can only survive in devils, and so if the devils go extinct, so does the disease. Such populations have been set up by the Tasmanian government on isolated peninsulas and islands, like the Tasman and Forestier peninsulas. In some positive news, it appears that the Tasmanian devil has already started to evolve resistance to the disease. One study found evidence that the genes involved with immune response and cancer control in devils show signs of evolutionary change, implying the devils are already adapting to the strong evolutionary pressure placed on them by the disease. This theory is also supported by the fact that no local extinctions of the Tasmanian devil have yet occurred. A local extinction is when an animal becomes extinct from one area. Some progress has been made towards a vaccine, with one study showing that the introduction of live cancer cells modified to express the protein Major Histocompatibility Complex 1 could help the devil's immune system detect and eliminate tumors, which it cannot naturally do. However, vaccination is bedeviled by the difficulty of immunizing an entire wild population. Of all the species we have looked at on this podcast till date, the Tasmanian devil is the only one to whom the primary threat is not humanity, but nature's most feared executioner, cancer. Yet they have managed to defy expectations and have adapted to this new threat, with populations predicted to be long gone still surviving to this day. In this, they demonstrate that life does, indeed, find a way. With a little help from us humans, this devil can surely evade extinction and live to scare another traveler at night with its nightmarish voice. So I really hope you found that video interesting. Do not forget to like and subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. Sorry for the delay between episodes. I was sick and my voice was not working right. So anyways, I'll see you next time.